a podcast by two best friends who should have been sisters at birth. And now they're your sisters you've never had. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy has changed both of our lives in so many ways. It's helped us when we were in the process of getting out of toxic relationships, when we've moved into brand new cities and lived alone, and when we were making other big life decisions such as major career changes. It's even helped us now with everyday conflicts that come up in life. We get so many questions on the daily about how to find therapists, and we have the solution for you. With BetterHelp, you can find a therapist for you that fits your budget and your needs. The best part is that you can do this all virtually within your own home. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. You can choose flexibly between video call or just phone if you don't feel like getting ready. You can even leave notes for your therapist and message them between sessions if you need more help outside your scheduled appointment. So what are you waiting for? Run, sisters. Don't walk. Book your session today, and that's the first step of becoming your best self. Therapy has changed our lives, and we can't wait to see how it can help change yours. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and as a Sisters You've Never Had listener, you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash sisters you've never had. That's betterhelp.com slash sisters you've never had. We've also linked it down below for easier access. Welcome to another episode of Sisters You've Never Had. I'm Lisa. And I'm Teresa. And in today's episode, we are actually recording a very, very highly requested episode, which is about our ADHD journey. And I feel like this one is going to be, you know, just like really interesting and a little bit of a throwback because Teresa and I actually got diagnosed quite a few years back. But basically the structure of today's episode is going to be, we're going to talk a little bit about our backstory, how we got diagnosed, how the diagnosis impacted us, if we're on medication and kind of like how the medication works, how mm. we feel about our ADHD, you know, what we do about our ADHD and also how do the people around us feel about our ADHD but we're also going to basically ask each other questions about our ADHD you know our ADHD journey yeah like we haven't talked about we haven't talked about it for a while but like we normalize it so much between us because like we're besties that have ADHD and we got diagnosed like close to the same ish time yeah so so you actually that more Yeah, like you got diagnosed before me and you actually influenced me to get me diagnosed. So let's start off with your story because it makes sense the most chronologically. So basically, yeah, tell us about, you know, how did you Mm -hmm. kind of like get yourself diagnosed and what were some of the symptoms of that you were showing that you were like, okay, I probably should get this checked out. And wait, actually another, another thing that, to answer also is what made you go to get an official diagnosis compared to, you know, a lot of people just assume they have it, but they're not going to go and see someone about it. So what made you actually go? Okay. So kind of a long story, but this stems from when I was actually a kid, I had several teachers that told my parents that I probably have ADHD. And the reason for that was because I was always very disruptive in class. I was always the one that was like making jokes, like making other people laugh, getting people's attention diverted from the teacher. And in general, overall, like I was, I was like a good student. I was a good speaker, but I would always just like kind of zone off and do my own thing and do multiple things at once. And so like multiple elementary school teachers like brought that up with my parents and my piano teacher who taught me for like 10 years also brought that up with my parents, but my parents didn't believe, they didn't really believe in mental health. They didn't really know what ADHD was. Like they didn't have like post-secondary education. So they just really couldn't like support me on like ADHD. So they kind of just like, was like, you know, whatever. She's like normal. She's fine. And throughout like high school, I realized I was really struggling in math and I did everything that I could. Like I went to extra tutoring hours. I did like I did extra classes. I stayed, I stayed behind to ask for extra help. Like I did everything that I could and I couldn't focus and I couldn't like grasp 
certain things, even when I tried so hard. And so like I was able to get by in high school and like get into university, but like first year university like hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I was failing my midterms. I was really struggling to focus in class. There were so many things going on at once. Like it was like the change in the new environment and also like my like like inability to study, which was like a huge like hindrance of like how I was as yeah. a student. So that, like with me like failing my midterms and with me like, I think, like at that time I thought I was gonna get kicked out of university. I was even like Googling, okay, like what's the minimum I need to get to like stay in school? Like what do I have to do like to pass what like courses, like to pass what exams to like get the minimum to stay? Cause I thought I would be on academic probation. And so when it got to that point where I was like at the lowest of the low, I was like, you know what? I need to talk to, a professional about it. I need to talk to a doctor about it. And so, yeah, I talked to my doctor and she mentioned that like what I have and like how it aligned up with like my stories in the past where like my ADHD was ignored by like my parents are like, you know, now catching up to me. And so like I've officially got diagnosed then like after like a few like months of like going to the doctors, multiple visits yeah. and some testing. And so, yeah, it was when I really hit like rock bottom in my first year of university where I realized, okay, I should probably get help for it, even though I knew all along that I had it. But there was just always negative stigma because it was like in like the 2000s when I was in high yes, school. Yes, exactly. This and, was like, before mental health people wasn't advocated. A thing. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. Mental health wasn't a thing. Like even when I first got diagnosed in first year, I felt like so ashamed of myself and I was like quieter about it. I didn't share it with friends and family. I wasn't as open with it. Yeah. So that was my story and how I initially like got my diagnosis. It was because I was desperately like needing it and because I was like failing classes and because I was basically ignoring it my whole life and it caught up to me. Got it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then how about you and like, how did you find yourself like wanting to get diagnosed or when were some first thoughts that you were like, Oh, I might have ADHD. Yeah. So mine is actually a little bit different than yours because mine had a lot to do with sleep. So Mm -hmm. uh, unbeknownst to me before, like I would say before I go into the whole process of getting diagnosed, I would say that I personally think how I started developing adult ADHD was probably when I was in grade 10. And the reason Mm -hmm. why is because, so prior to grade 10, I've always been a very bright student like in school and I've always done very, very well in school. Mm -hmm. Like I just remember in grade eight, like my average was like ridiculously high. Like I think my lowest grade was like, 92 and oh my, my highest God. grade was I like always thought you were so fucking smart like yeah like yeah and, and my, in the 90s I was averaging in like the 70s and 80s <laughs> yeah no my, my my literal average in grade eight and nine was like above 95 and I Insane. skipped a grade what the fuck so like I don't yeah, believe like, you I was, <laughs> you're fucking genius I found a report card when I like actually cleaned out my house like a few months ago out of all the months I was in Vancouver and I was in grade I think I was in grade 11 I took Mm -hmm. grade 12 calculus and my average was like a hundred and like five it was like not even because I got all the bonus questions oh my god and then yeah so I was just like what the heck okay anyway why did you go to Harvard (laughs) no no so okay so this is this is what happened actually so in grade eight like my average was really high like above 95 and I actually remember back then everything in my life was just going really well it was very easy for me to work hard it was very easy for me to understand all the concepts it was very Mm -hmm. easy for me to sleep stay asleep fall asleep everything Mm -hmm. in grade 10 that changed because starting in grade 10 it was so weird out of nowhere I started to not be able to sleep anymore like mm-hmm. I would not be able to stay asleep at night and I would become very restless meaning that throughout the night I would wake up a million times and go to the bathroom or just mm-hmm. like wake up and like I don't I don't know go, you know doing god knows what so mm-hmm. that being said the next morning I started getting you know like when we're when you're not like when you don't have coffee yeah, yeah you're like disoriented you can't focus and basically mm-hmm. you're like kind of tired but you're or you're like 
too hyper. You're like mm-hmm. doing a little too much. Yes, yes. So uh. starting in grade 10, I was already doing all of that and mm-hmm. it also caught up to me. So my parents was they were very concerned. We tried to solve, you know, this whole sleeping thing by mm-hmm. getting me like they got me the most expensive pillow. It was like 200 mm-hmm. something dollars for someone that was like 15 years old like to yeah. what do I owe this pleasure of like <laughs> lying sleeping on like on a 200 pillows literally but it was because I genuinely was not sleeping and then mm-hmm. so that kicked off me not being able to study me not being able to retain anything and thankfully mm-hmm. in grade eight I had already skipped I guess like a grade in a sense that all my courses were in grade nine Mm-hmm. that by the time I was in grade 12, it got progressively worse as mm-hmm. the time went on. So by the time I was in grade 12, my grades were no longer anywhere. Like they were still quite high, mm-hmm. but it was just no longer in like the high 90s anymore. And also like I started, so all my courses by grade 12 were all AP, but then I mm-hmm. wasn't like doing you know, extraordinary well anymore. Mm -hmm. So I I guess it was fine because like, thank God, like I did that earlier, like hard work. So in in grade 12, even though I wasn't doing well, I then just, I guess like became normal. Like I I was like- Yeah, yeah. You were kind of chilling and like reaping the benefits of like your earlier- Exactly, back when I didn't have sleeping issues. Exactly. So when I got into first year, it was the same thing. I, it was extremely, extremely hard for me, not just because the courses were harder, but mostly once again, had to do with my sleep. Like I was still waking up a million times a night. I would physically go to bed at 10 PM, but I would, and I would wake up at like 8 AM. So that was like Mm -hmm. very healthy amount of sleep, but little did you know, I barely slept throughout the night because I was waking Mm -hmm. up a million times a night. So what would end up happening is because of how, you know, university classes work and your schedules and stuff, I would always go home at like one or 2 PM and then literally nap from like 2 PM until like, I don't know, like eight or something or like really late. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, you know, not be able to study because I'm always just trying to sleep. And then it wasn't until months and months later, number one, like my roommates actually approached me and they were just like, Lisa, this isn't normal. And I was like Mm -hmm. telling them it's because like I wake up a lot in the night and they were like, nobody wakes up in the night. And I was like, wait, Mm -hmm. really? They were like, yeah, it's not normal that this happens. And then Mm -hmm. because of all of that and my lack of time studying, because I'm always freaking you know, Mm -hmm. trying to sleep, my Mm -hmm. grades also suffered. And then that was when I was talking to you about it. Yes. So by the time I talked to you about it, you had already, you had already got yourself diagnosed. Yes. And And I was already on the medication and I was like letting you know what the symptoms are. I remember that conversation actually. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny because I want to say that my personality had also changed along with like it was such a ripple effect. It was like, because I barely slept, you know, it it caused me to become more hyperactive at times and more restless and like all Mm -hmm. of that. And then it made me study a lot less. And then it also made my personality change because I'm a lot more like, I guess, even more upbeat and hyper and like whatever. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I guess by the time from grade 10 all the way to first year and all of this happened. And when I was talking to you about it, I even remember this exact line you said to me, you were like, Lisa, if I have ADHD, (laughs) you definitely have ADHD. So you told me to get myself checked. And like, let let us explain why though, because like with us, I don't know if it's like a personality thing, but like, like I'm looking right here. I have like verywellmind.com for the symptoms. And like the, one of the reasons why ADHD frequently goes undiagnosed for women and girls is because our symptoms are often like much different from like those of like men and boys. Men, yeah. So like ADHD usually comes in like three like representations, like inattentiveness, hyperactive, and impulsiveness or a combination of the two. And so like with men and boys, they're typically like hyperactive, impulsive ADHD. So like they'll be fidgety, they'll always be on the go, disruptive, restless, super talkative, like impulsive, impatient, and like their mood swings. But girls on the other hand, like we have the ability to like exhibit like inattentive ADHD. So with us, we'll we'll like have like the inability to focus. So like it's hard to focus, hard to pay attention on the details. It's really hard to stay organized. And like, it's really hard to listen and, and remember things. And like with that coupled with our like hyperactive, like personalities, like we were always the ones that were like disrupting other people, getting people mm-hmm. like 
Yeah. We're like the talkative ones that like would get other people in trouble. And like we're, as ourselves, we're extremely disorganized. Like if you come into any one of our <laughs> like rooms or homes, like there's like stuff everywhere. So like, yeah. like doing all the personality tests, not even, per- sorry, doing all the ADHD tests, we were like taking off every single box, like the, the hyperactiveness, like disorganization, the like yeah. forgetful, like memory and all of that. Yeah. And so like, there's also as, like being late all the time. Yes. Oh, not being good with money, like being very impulsive with money, like just like buying things, which very fits the two of us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like with us having like girls and women have also like higher levels of depression, anxiety. And like at that time we were exhibiting very high levels of anxiety. So this all really tied down to like what we were going through and we really were going through this exact same things. I just got diagnosed first, but like because I went through this and like gone through like all the questionnaires professionally, I shared them with you and I realized what you were telling me and your day to day were the exact same symptoms of mine. Yeah, exactly. And so after you had talked to me about Mm -hmm. this, my process of getting myself diagnosed was a little bit different than Teresa's in a sense that I also, okay, so I, what was similar is I also got it done through school. Like you got it done through UBC. I got it done through U of T. So I booked an appointment with just like a regular doctor at U of T. Mm -hmm. And I actually like... First and foremost, I was most concerned about my sleep because at this mm-hmm. point, I was basically, if you include the nighttime sleep and my afternoon nap, I was basically sleeping like most of, you know, the more day. than half of 24 yeah. hours. So yeah. I was like talking to the doctor about it. And she's, mm-hmm. she actually, even before I brought up ADHD, she's mm-hmm. like, can you tell me about some of these other things? And she said, how are you in school? And like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like telling Mm -hmm. this. So she had this hypothesis that I had ADHD. And this is before I even like probed to her. Like I I talked to my friend and I think I might have this. I didn't even have to say that because the minute I started telling Mm -hmm. her how I was sleeping, she sent me to sleep clinic and she's like, we're just going to rule out any type of sleep diseases first. Mm -hmm. Or like whatever sleep issues. Yeah. I remember that sleep clinic conversations. Yes. And then she's like, then we're also going to, you know, set you up with an appointment with a, what are they called? It's not psychologist and it's not therapist. It's like, there's another word for it. It's like, it's like the type of people that are actually allowed to diagnose. Psychotherapist. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So anyway, I go to the sleep clinic and that was that was fun. Like they literally hooked me up, you know, yeah, and literally so attached every night. Yeah. I had to sleep there overnight and they had to monitor my brain waves. So mm-hmm. sure enough, after my sleep clinic night, mm-hmm. we found out that I woke up. Do you want to take a guess at how many times oh I God. woke up in a night? Like just eight times. Okay. That's what I thought too. Like, I was just like, I think I like, I'm, I would roughly guess I wake up about 10 times. He's like, yeah. you wake up actually like by technicality over 30 times a night oh my god that's I know. awful that's i know so, so bad he's like, for, like your health like your your growth at that time too like in your like yeah early 20s so he said the reason why you think it's eight or 10 or whatever he's like is because that's when you're like you know how there are so many different stages of sleep mm-hmm. so when you when you're up at the 10 times it's like when you're fully like awake yes, and aware that's but right. he's like you're actually already like awake basically in earlier stages in earlier stages exactly the rest yeah. of the 20 something times 20 oh something God. plus so he was just like i agree with the family doctor i also think you have you know adhd because you're hyperactive during the day and you're hyper- therefore causing you to be hyperactive at mm-hmm. night or or vice versa whatever So we also went to, you know, get diagnosed for ADHD. And then from there, I mean, I'm going to skip to the spoiler a little bit, just so I kind of close off on the whole sleep thing. But then we'll Mm -hmm. also talk about this a little bit more in detail. But basically, spoiler, you know, my personal ADHD had a lot to do with my sleep. And after they had diagnosed me with the medication and I was on medication, it actually kept me awake throughout the entire day and it exhausted me. Yeah. And during the night, I have never slept so well in my life. Like I would actually stay asleep. So it really, really helped me like for sure. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of like, you know, my part of it. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's so good. 
Well, it was largely thanks to you because <laughs> if you didn't tell me about it, I honestly don't think I would have, like you and my yeah. roommates combined, yeah. I don't think I would have really looked into it that much. No. Because like I was it. just like, I'll try to solve it myself. I yeah. Or you'll try to get better sleep or like maybe you'd resort to sleeping pills. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, exactly. I had done everything before even like going to like the doctor to get ADHD. Like I was actively avoiding taking ADHD meds because I didn't want it to negatively affect my health. I didn't know what the long-term effects of ADHD medicine was. And also like the negative stigma back then of like yes, having being like medicated a mental for a mental illness. illness. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like it was just like all so bad and it gave me anxiety. Like even my diagnosis gave me a bit of anxiety. So I did everything in my power. Like I drank so much coffee. I drank so much tea. I was at the library like eight hours a day, like after like my classes, like I did my best to stay alert and I just, I really couldn't. And it was like my last and final resort. And then when I got diagnosed, it just like all made so much sense. And like like the medication just like improved my life tremendously. Like I was actually able to do work. So before ADHD meds and before my diagnosis, it would take me like maybe like three times as long to like read something, like to read yes. like a chapter of a book because like yeah. my friends were able to like get through it like within the first try, but like because my attention is always diverted elsewhere, there's so much going on in my mind, like I would like read it and then I had to go back and start at the beginning because I would forget about it. Yeah, like, I think it was about retention. Like it was, retention, it's yeah. kind of like you would read the same sentence and your mm-hmm. eyes went through the words, but you weren't actually yeah. like paying attention. Exactly. And so that's yeah. why studying was so ineffective. Like I would spend hours at the library, like heavily caffeinated and it's nothing would work. Like yeah. Yeah. I really was struggling so hard and I, I thought I was just stupid at that point. I was like, Teresa, maybe you're just like not cut out for university. Maybe you're just yeah. not as bright, but like, <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. Okay. So I actually want to talk about some of the other things in addition to the studying, because I also mm-hmm. felt the same. I was like, I remember the number of times from grade 10 to first year where I genuinely was like, Lisa, what the fuck is wrong with yeah. you? You used to get oh, gosh, like yeah. literally like 90s. And I'm like, what happens? Like, why are you not as bright anymore? Like I was, mm-hmm. it was so much like negative self-talk and all of that. And then mm-hmm. I think another thing also, there was this one key moment of my life that actually, that has nothing to do with studying but it was still quite impactful so Mm -hmm. it was actually a night from air cadets and basically the way air cadets work is you know like we we have we go through like 30 hours or sorry not 30 three hours of it once Mm -hmm. a week at the end of the night we would have a parade and then that's usually when the parents start coming to like Mm -hmm. get their kids at the end of the night Mm -hmm. so at this point I was one of the very senior people in air cadets and you Mm -hmm. know I was always like in charge of kids and whatnot So Mm -hmm. at the end of the night, it was always very hectic because, you know, everyone like once the parade is over, everyone we're in like a school gymnasium and everyone's Mm -hmm. literally like everywhere, everyone's Mm -hmm. parents, everyone's. And then and then there's so much just like talking, like you're either talking Mm -hmm. to your friends, your parents are talking to each other or like whatever. And everyone's Mm -hmm. walking everywhere. It's literally just like imagine like a crowd like you're in. Imagine like you're leaving a rave. Like that's that's kind of like yes, the yes. less it's like extreme hectic, version. chaotic. Yeah. It's yeah. exactly just everyone like Crowded leaving and, and just so much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I remember like there was this one night when I think we were about to go on a trip or something. So one of the parents wanted to talk to me about their kid and like their mm-hmm. situation, whatever. So they were talking to me and with someone with ADHD in those settings, like I don't even know how to explain, but like the best way I can explain a situation like that is like you so easily get so overwhelmed because there's so much stimuli. Like, oh my God, so, the stimuli like, thing. Yes, yes, exactly. Like you're, your you, brain is so stimulated and like, because you have ADHD, you can't focus on the one thing. There's too mm-hmm. much going on. So whenever mm-hmm. I'm in like, it's funny because like, I'm kind of the opposite. Like if I'm in like a quiet controlled space and like, let's just say if I'm with five friends, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm very, like, it's very good for me, mm-hmm. but the minute I'm in like, let's just say a crowded airport or whatever. And someone mm-hmm. tries to talk to me, I, I start getting anxiety. Oh gosh, and then also I feel you, this is me when I'm driving. So like, that's why yeah, 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 when people are in with me at the car, yeah. like no one can speak to me. Cause like, I start like missing turns. I start like, yes, like losing yes. sense of like my direction. Cause I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, exactly. So 
Okay, also another spoiler, when I got diagnosed with ADHD, I actually also got diagnosed with mild anxiety as well. So anyway, but I, so mm-hmm. you'll kind of understand why this had happened. So anyway, back to this Erica at night, this parent is trying to talk to me about their kid and I have no recollection of this. Okay. So yeah. my friend was actually beside me and mm-hmm. we were both talking to the parent, but the parent was like talking to me cause I think I was in charge of their kid. So mm-hmm. they were talking and then out of nowhere I left. Like I literally mid conversation just walked away oh and I God. like attended to someone else. And this parent was so angry. I think they wow. like told someone or whatever. And then even my friend was like, that was so rude. Like, why did you just leave? And I was like, I had no idea I left in the middle of the conversation because the Mm -hmm. minute like your brain, like something is like another stimulus Mm -hmm. shows up, your brain immediately gets drawn to that other stimulus. And then immediately now that's, it's like, it's like that dog from up, you know, like you're you're literally a dog. Like when squirrels are coming by, yeah, like you're you're literally going about your day. There's a squirrel, and you're like squirrel, you know. Yes. Like that's literally oh my God, fucking yes. Yeah, I so I feel you exactly. So in that incident, what was happening was just I was like that dog where I was like, you know, I'm having this conversation, but a squirrel literally just came by, and immediately I was like, squirrel, okay, bye. And then like I. I remember that night actually made me very upset, but this was also back in mm-hmm. high school. So before yeah. the whole first year, you're like, year what the ADHD fuck is wrong year. with me? Exactly. Yeah. There was so after that, I was once again a lot of like the negative self talk. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with oh, you? Like, yeah. why did you yeah. do that? Like, yeah, yeah. So like, I feel like you know people think a lot of it is you know for studying reasons or whatever, but it's like no, 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 no. Like, there's no. actual like outside day to day implications. Yeah, driving. Exactly. Like, there, I used to be. All my friends would be able to study in a cafe where there's music in the background. There's like oh you know, my the god, background yeah, noise. Like people like yelling their orders taking their orders but I can't because like I can't zone in and focus on like reading or writing my assignment or like actually studying because like all these like different sounds like really bug me so much and I couldn't figure out why like I could only study in my house in my room like in high school because I didn't discover like silent libraries yet and once I did discover silent libraries if the person across from me was like tapping their like foot or like they were like typing too loud I would have to move because that's how easily irritated I am because of my like ADHD yeah and I remember so in like third or fourth year I actually started working at Aritzia and as a sales associate you know you have to also it's like now now thinking back I was like I honestly don't know why I took a job like that because the in, discount though well yeah yeah true true the discount <laughs> yeah. like honestly it was not like a good choice for me with ADHD because at Aritzia it's not like I also worked at Forever 21 you know many many years ago mm-hmm. and if you're a Forever 21 sales associate really you're just in charge of cleaning like nobody talks to you Folding. like you're just yeah. cleaning yeah but at Aritzia you're actually selling and you you need to like keep track of your customers and stuff and I remember when I first started you know, I'm good at the talking part and like interacting with them, but I could mm-hmm. not remember which customer I had. And I was like, oh my God, like, where's my customer? Yeah. How many, yeah. what do they want again? And then the minute other people are like walking around and the store's busy, I'm literally like, my head is screaming. So mm-hmm. I remember having to actually be medicated for this job. For no this way. <laughs> okay, it's not minimum wage, but like it was no. practically like a minimum wage well, job. Yeah, like yeah. imagine going on medication. No, no, it's like, I'm, not study i'm just going to work at aritzia let me take my adhd pill because no, i'm yeah, too yeah. triggered by all the stimuli that comes in the store like that but that was the reality that's it's like no exactly that's why we need that's why it's like recommended that you take it when you're driving you take it when you're like doing exactly. your day-to-day work because otherwise like depending how heavy your adhd is like it will really negatively impact impact your like your life, life. yeah yeah So, okay. So let that being said, I wanted to talk about the next part. So how did the diagnosis impact you? Like after you found out you have ADHD. So my life was like turned around. So like I was in my first semester of my first year at university and I was failing all of my midterms. i I think I maybe failed two courses that first semester. I think I was like looking at like minimum like requirements to stay in school. Like what do I have to do? What um, tests do I have to pass to like actually meet the minimum bar to stay in and not get kicked out? So I went from that 
to actually like being able to focus and discovering what worked with me in terms of like my study methods, being able to actually listen in class and like absorb. That was the biggest thing. I used to be in class and like I, it would go in one ear and out the other. So I would stay in a lecture and like learn nothing. So I would Mm self-study on my own. But actually being medicated helped me with actually absorbing the the content that was like meant yeah. that like everyone was like actually absorbing in class, but I just wasn't. And like it just reduced the amount of time that it took to like actually do my work because with doing my work on ADHD, it would take me like weeks and weeks. I would always miss deadlines or be late and I'd have marks docked off. But like once I was on medication, I was actually putting my, I was like starting my early and like the the amount of time it took was like cut in like half or maybe even less. And I was handing stuff in on time. I was able to like do tests. So like on ADHD, on ADHD without meds, I took forever to do exams and tests. And so towards the end, I'm like scrambling to finish and like I'm like shaken and I'm, I'm extremely anxious. With, with ADHD meds, I was able to like finish on time because I'm actually focused. And there are actually a lot of like additional perks that you get as a student with ADHD that you yes, have to work with you get your extra schools. time. Yeah, accessibility offices to, yes, um, yeah. to sort out, but what I got was additional time for exams. I got sometimes extended time for handing in assignments and there were all, yeah, I could also sit in another, in another private room to like write exams and tests. Yes. Without, where, without writing with everyone. Yeah. Without like which any was stimulants, key. which was so yeah. helpful. Like all of this really improved like my overall, like work ethic at school. And I went from literally maybe having like a 50% average to like, Finally, like my average went up to like 80, which like maybe like 75, 80, which was like a huge difference. Like yeah, from like huge, fucking huge. failing to like actually yeah. like getting like like decent marks, like B's and like yeah. some A's. And I was yeah. like, okay, like this is how I was supposed to be my entire life. But in my t- entire life, I was like a straight like C-ish student because I didn't have the like... I didn't have the support I needed to actually go and like accomplish what I was meant to do like in school. Exactly. So it impacted me like for the best. And I think at that time too, I was really, I was really private about sharing it. I only like my closest best friends knew about it. So like you knew about it. My roommates in first year knew about it. And, like, no one else really knew. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it was just, like, mental health at the time. Like, you, you really hush and hum about it. And as I start opening up and sharing it with people, I found that it helped me and it helped them because they were more aware and, like, I helped some other and people understanding. get diagnosed. Yeah, and yeah. they were un- aware and understanding of how I am as a person and how I study and maybe, like, to not – maybe to now understand that, oh, like, maybe – like this is why Teresa's declining our group studies is because like she's not able to focus in actual setting. group exactly. studies. Yeah, exactly. So it impacted me for the better and honestly saved me like in, in yeah. university. Absolutely saved me and turned my life around. How That's did it so impact amazing. you? Yeah, so for my, like after finding out about my diagnosis, I mm-hmm. feel like, okay, two major things really impacted me. I think number yeah. one is the diagnosis itself. Like I remember when I found out this is even before the medication, I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, like it really made me understand everything. Like, and it re- yeah. retraced a lot of the, I retraced a lot of the events of my life, including that one night at cadets where mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel less bad about because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not me. Like, I'm not a rude person. I'm very nice. It's just, that was, you know, the mental illness, like acting up. Yeah, exactly. So the awareness actually did huge for me alone because Mm -hmm. it also made me aware, like in social situations when I was not medicated or when I'm not medicated, even today, I would always be like, okay, Lisa, like really try to like pay attention or like focus on this conversation because like before you're aware, you're just like living your life, right? You're just like going through each day. But now, now that you know this information, you're like extra careful. You're just alert so that you don't, you don't put yourself in like an uncomfortable situation or put others in uncomfortable situations like from your ADHD. Mm -hmm. And 
by then in first year, I had also ended my relationship with my high school boyfriend of two years. I Mm -hmm. also looked back on that relationship and I also realized that a lot of the mm-hmm. problems that we had, it was before I was like, you know, blaming mostly him. <laughs> but afterwards I was like, okay, hold on. And then I thought about, you know, what an ADHD person, like how they react, how mm-hmm. impulsive they are. And then I kind of, once again, relived a lot of the situations and not that I ever mm-hmm. told him, but one of the things I really wanted to do after I I had found out was I actually initially wanted to reach out to him to be like, Hey, like I found this out and I just want to like kind of tell you how, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm now looking back on a relationship and I want to take a lot more ownership than I had. Yes. Yes. Um, I just didn't blaming to him. Exactly. Mm Because also, well, like I didn't do that only because he had a new girlfriend and I just don't think she would appreciate me contacting him no matter what the reason is. But I really did have that intention because I realized like, oh my God, like I could have done a lot better in this relationship just with this knowledge alone. So I think the diagnosis really impacted me also, which we'll talk about a little bit later because we're going to talk about our friends and family's relationship, but, Mm -hmm. or reactions, but it really turned me and my mom's relationship a complete 180 like me mm-hmm. and her used to have a very toxic relationship and this actually changed our relationship for the better mm-hmm. but how so um like okay so before i would say like like i, I don't i don't mean this in a in like a negative hateful way mm-hmm. but i think my mom also has undiagnosed adhd and oh, because yeah. of this it's it like runs the, it runs from my family that's genetic, what i was told. exactly yeah yeah so you know, that now that I was aware of that, like, mm-hmm. first of all, it kind of explained a lot of the fights that me and my mom would have. Like, I would almost feel like the fights that we would have back when I was a teenager, number one, it was very toxic. Number two, it, I felt like I was like, you know, constantly fighting with a teenager, even though mm-hmm. I was really fighting with my mom. Yeah. And then number three, yeah, she never really like mothered me. Like it was, it was very just like, yeah, yeah. she like fought with me like, like, I don't know, like a sister. Yeah. Yeah. And it was all the time. And you knew this because that was kind of what got me to kind of like move across the country. Yeah. So after, after I had told her about this, she was actually, because like you said, mental illness back then was very uncommon. She was Mm -hmm. very much in shock. And I think for a moment, she actually was like, my daughter needs help and I need to take care of her. And so yeah. for the first time in my life, I actually genuinely experienced like my mom being genuinely mom. like ge- being a mom, oh, like and trying so to like nice. take care of me. Yeah. Aww. And so when I went home, it was like that summer the dynamics changed, changed. Exactly. Like we stopped fighting. She was, yeah. she looked at me more like of like a, kid like oh my yeah. god I need to take care of this girl yeah, like yeah. whatever so and nice yeah and like don't Aww. get me wrong like I think she almost like I don't want to say overreacted but I think that like you know now that mental illnesses are a little bit less stigmatized than it was yeah you know in 20 like 13 I feel like maybe if you learn about it today it would be less of a big deal oh, but yeah, back then I think she really thought a- yeah she yeah. was like holy crap like she really looked at it like oh my god like really? this is like a so big deal. because of that, she like really overcompensated oh my and became God, like so, so motherly. Uh, and then so our dynamic had changed and we mm-hmm. became like, now we're like best friends. But like That's back so then you remember, cause I would yeah. always like, it was like the you, worst run to your house. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You don't actually hate her, but you know, like the dynamic yeah, 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 is so yeah. toxic that it was not healthy for you to be at home. Exactly. Yeah. That's so interesting. With when I told my mom, she was like, Oh my God, this is so good. I'm so happy to hear this because like it made so much sense (laughs) because like it was a relief because she's like, okay, well, like it's not your fault then. You just like didn't have the proper medication. And it was like a great relief on me too because it's like this is why I failed math like so many times in high school. This is why I struggled on tests and exams. And it was all because I was undiagnosed. And then it was just such a great relief. My mom was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's so good. Like maybe we can make sure that your siblings are tested too, because I think it's from like me or dad. And yeah, yeah. Like honestly, such a a life changer. 
Yeah. Okay. So I actually want to touch upon medication for a second yeah. because there's a few layers of medication that I think is extremely important. The first thing is obviously, you know, this is like a very in high demand drug, especially in university because people, you know, everyone knows like the term Adderall, like yeah. whatever. This is ADHD yeah. medication. People abuse it all the time, to which study. is why. Like people use and abuse it too. Like people are like selling it. Oh my God. No, people, this is what's wild to me. People take it and then drink. That's I know wild that. to me. Oh I my know. God. That's wild to me. That's okay, so because, fucking wild. Cause I'm like, I literally need it to work and you're taking it to get high. Okay. So this is what's okay. A few things that is so funny about this, because let me explain to you like why it's wild to me. So the basically for me, ADHD medication makes my heart beat really, really, really fucking fast. Yeah, you're and extremely me, anxious, and like you're yeah. like I would be sweating when I'm taking it. Sometimes I'm even shaking. Like th- yeah. you have to like get your dose right. So like when you're trying it for the first time, like you are feeling all like these like new feelings, like extra high anxiety, your yeah. extra like heart palpitations, like you're sweating a lot. Like this is like yeah. all new to you. So one time I remember I took it and it wasn't even immediately after I took it. It was like mm-hmm. a few hours later or like 12 hours later. And mm-hmm. me and my friend went out to drink. And I remember drinking on the medication. I literally had to go home because I was literally like going insane. So In that's like why. What way? Like I was so anxious and I was literally oh, like, no. like, yeah, it my was body just like was a just a bad like, trip yeah. type thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. I was just like, when I hear people taking it and then immediately drinking, I'm like, what in the world? Yeah, I don't like, know. Like, that I, scares the shit out of me. I know, I know. I, I knew someone that did that too. And I... So I many people like, do I, it. Yeah, I, I, like whatever. I don't know. I wouldn't just because like I have it and I actually need it to, to work. But like, yeah. like on the yeah, medication yeah, sure. front, like if you're like newly diagnosed, you need to figure out which medications work for you. Like oh I God, spent like exactly. maybe like the first like two months. Six months. Six oh, months for you? So- for me, like maybe one or two months, but I was like, <laughs> I was I like taking the wrong medication. I- oh, I don't think it was that smooth. Like I, I took like, I didn't, cause I was like the only one that I didn't know any other friends that took it. So like I would be taking it and like, I would try to experiment. And sometimes I would accidentally abuse it because I would try to study and get as much studying done in a day as I can. So sometimes I would take one, I would run out, take two. And sometimes it wouldn't work. I'll take like two or three, like <gasps> two at the same time. Oh my time. God. So like, I, I, I remember not being so good with it when I first got it because I just, because also the doctor was kind of lenient. They're like, you know, take one, try it. If it doesn't work, take two. So like I would be experimenting and trying and it kind of wrecked like my, it made me like, okay. So I tried one particular medicine. I think it was called dextrogen and made me like shit a ton. Like I would be, I'd like have to run to the washroom to like like shit because like it just didn't react well to my body and sometimes yeah, like yeah. I would take too much and I wouldn't be able to sleep at night period so like it oh my took god yes a while like a long I thought that two months were like hell because like that adjustment period was like tough but like also it, at least I was able to actually study and focus in class but like yeah. it took some time for you to figure out like what worked and what reacted dosage. well to your body for sure. and what dosage worked best for you. And if it's like short, if it's like a short release Acting, uh, pill yeah. or like a longer release. Long, yeah. So like whatever worked with your lifestyle. Exactly. Like I also went through the same thing. Mine just took much longer because I was trying yeah. all these different brands, dosages. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I tried Ritalin, Concerta, and then now mm-hmm. my mine is like Vyvanse. It's like the yeah. one that has... It's still not the best. And and as you know, I actually mm-hmm. stopped medicating myself since March. And mm-hmm. then I only recently started back again because I'm back in Toronto and I have to work. But, yeah. you know, I actually prefer not to be on this medication for so many reasons. Okay, so let me just kind of go through the trial period. During the mm-hmm. trial period, what really happens is you're trying to figure out which medication is for you. And... Some of the bad side effects that you would experience is besides, you know, like you're beating your heart beating really fast, which then also mm-hmm. gives you anxiety. And because oh, yeah. I already had my mild anxiety, I started yeah. getting anxiety, depression, like one of them. I kid really? you not. I remember one of them. Yes. Concerta was so bad to me. I remember one time I was like trying to exercise. So I was walking around the lake that was near my house, mm-hmm. you know, back when I was living in Coquitlam with mm-hmm. my parents. I kid you not, I genuinely believed I was going to kill myself. Like, (gasps) I was so depressed. It was so scary. Like, I genuinely was so depressed. I was crying while walking in a peaceful, beautiful, 
park, like around oh my a God, lake. God, I'm so sorry. And I was That's like, so scary. Yeah, literally. I didn't know that that was all a side like, effect. Yeah, like depression, anxiety, like all of these things. Oh, I know like the depending- anxiety, but I didn't know like depression to that extent. But I did go through oh, like yeah, depression it was bad. too. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just like it because at the end of the day, you're taking a medication for your brain. It's all like these chemical reactions and everyone's brain is different. So you don't know how you're going to react. And I remember taking it and I was just like, oh, my God, like I literally. And okay, so here's another thing about the shitting, because I feel like because, you know, when okay, you know, when you're anxious and your heart is being so fast, I don't know if it like loosens your stool or whatever. Maybe I think it could. So I know it also affects your liver, too, when you take it. Exactly. It does. It's like when you drink alcohol too much and like you like shit a ton the next day. Yeah. And I feel like, especially if you don't have ADHD and you're taking this medication, like, I just don't really know, like, what is going to help with your brain. Like, I remember one of my friends, I really shouldn't have done this, but Mm -hmm. one of my friends had taken one of my pills and she did what is it have adhd or at least we don't Mm -hmm. believe she does Mm -hmm. and she was just like whoa like that was so bad for me like she just was yeah i I had friends that i'm never doing that that again as well yeah and i'm like i think also because you also don't have adhd like if you if you're not lacking that chemical then yeah then then you don't need it like if you're fine on your own why like why 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 take that extra drug because you don't know how it'll react to you and like you don't know how you'll react to it long term and actually I want to touch on the point where you talked about your like heightened anxiety and like depression because like that like opened up like a trigger of memories of when I would like experiment with like different new medications given to me by my doctor when I was recently diagnosed and I would find myself like crying in the library yeah because the anxiety was so bad like because I would take maybe the wrong dose or like I would take too much or like the it would the new one that I was taking wasn't reacting well with my body so now that I found the dose that worked for me I only take that type of medicine and I only take that dose and I don't yeah exactly so like I figured it out after like a couple of like like months like trial with like trying different medications and then I just I ran with what worked and I never tried anything else yeah so exactly and and I also want to talk about why I kind of wanted to stop taking this in general Mm -hmm. so the reason why I wanted to stop is because you know despite like me now finding the right dosage at the Mm -hmm. end of the day the side effects are still as follows you know it still really stunts your like I want to say personally, like personality and happiness, like Creativ- I'm, yeah, and yeah, creativity. creativity and like your, your personality is a huge thing. Like sometimes like being hyperactive, is like who you are, like your happiness, your like excite, excitedness. And like, you definitely like tone yourself down, down a notch. Yeah. Like okay, you become fun- so much more serious. <laughs> exactly. Fun fact. Teresa and I do not film podcast episodes when we're on medication. No, because we can't. Because we're, we're not fine. We're so focused. serious. Yeah, yeah we're exactly. Like, we're like kind of low key depressed, very serious, and just like <laughs> it's just not a fun episode. We would never just, film on medication. Yeah, yeah. Never. We lose our personality basically. Exactly. Like we become just like you know nine to five business, like Lisa and Teresa, like just yeah. straight straight up focused. But yeah when we're off of it we we come to life like life. I feel like we yeah, kind of exactly. force in the sense that like our personalities are like there yes. like we're we're funny we're like more lighthearted. like we laugh yeah. and smile more because like yeah. we're not dead ass focused on like doing work and like oh, yeah that also reminds me like you shouldn't take Ritalin if you don't have any work to do well that's what my doctor told me because like otherwise you're kind of just like antsy and anxious for nothing so this actually literally unless happened you're to like me driving yesterday. and doing shit like yeah something so productive. This literally happened to me yesterday. So mm-hmm. yesterday I had a full like I had a full plan to work, mm-hmm. and so I took the medication early in the morning. Yeah, and then my one of my old roommates ended up calling me and crying yeah, about a yeah. problem that she had, and she was talking mm-hmm. to me for three hours the entire time on this phone call. It was so like anxious, like my my and you my probably legs were, were kind of like, pissed too. You're kind of like not in your like best Lisa mood. Yeah, and like, well, I mean, I was like trying to comfort her, so it didn't yeah. impact me in that way. But it was more just like it was like not. Like when you're on medication, all you want to do is like 
freaking do something and one yeah, thing only exactly you're like i want to be productive i need to be productive i'm anxious because yeah, i have yeah, to yeah. be productive exactly yeah and okay so this is also really funny because so the group that i hung out with back in university they used to rave a lot and like because raving comes mm-hmm. with some people taking oh, like Adderall molly or alcohol. like whatever oh yeah no molly molly yes. and i've never i've never done that and the reason mm-hmm. why I've never done it is because they explain to me what they feel when they're on it. Oh and God, I literally honey. laugh and it's I'm like, that's scary. what I feel. Oh no, I said, that's what I feel every day. Like I take drugs. Oh, to like, like the high, calm like the, the fuck down. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about like the negative side effects of like, oh, no, 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 like no. the next day because I have done it and the next day, like the low was not worth it for me. Cause like you and I are generally such happy and you people. know, upbeat people. Oh no, I exactly. I really, really don't think that I need that drug and like no disrespect at all to people who take it. Like I've done it, I've tried it, but like, I just like, it's a personal choice that I don't need it anymore because like the downside the next day is so bad for me that I feel like, like I took it in Toronto for a rave and then the next day I when I was living there in Toronto and the next day I felt like I wanted to move back home and buy a flight straight back because I was so low and depressed and I was like crying in the shower. Yeah, well, but also on the other side of it is I think that when they explain to me like what they feel, it's like they were just like, when the music plays, you're just like literally like you're about to, your your emotions are about to explode. You're so happy. And then I'm like, I'm literally like like that that when I play an EDM song all the time naturally. And I feel like, I have to I take feel a that drug way in the car. Day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh when I'm driving with my music on blast, like, yeah, when I you feel. guys watch, fuck. if you guys have ever seen our Instagram stories of the two mm-hmm. of us together, that is us. Like, we're basically yeah. on natural Molly in the yeah. car because we're, I, I can't even explain to you <laughs> how happy I am. Like, sometimes when I play an EDM song, like in my, in my own house, like, I have, yes. okay, so I have a Google Home in mm-hmm. every single room of my house and I connect it all and I literally blast like like you know that song like lasting lover oh my god such a oh, yes, such a yes. great song I like I can't even explain to you how literal high my brain is and then oh so god. when people explain to me like that's what they feel like I'm like I literally I'm like, feel like that every fucking day no, I have to like here. calm myself down same. by taking a drug like, to we are ready normal. like yeah exactly like I feel like alcohol is like good enough for us because yeah. no i don't even need already alcohol have, i don't think we need anything we already have like such <laughs> high mental like stimulant like, yeah because we have adhd that like anything if you just blast a song loud we're just gonna be like oh this is fucking lit like <laughs> this is fucking <laughs> so, like it could be like yeah. fucking baby shark and we'll be like yes we can like get bump and in, bump into yeah. like anything oh my god do you remember in the three days that i was in vancouver and i met your friends for the first time remember what their yes. reaction was when they met me what did they say again they're like oh wow she is she she's very buffly like she's a lot like in like the best way possible and like they're like wow you're like Teresa but like even more like upbeat and like high like but like I think they were overwhelmed at like how like loud and yeah I was like very like off the pill that day for sure yes 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 (laughs) that is have been unmedicated for months by at that point when they met me (laughs) (laughs) no no but like I don't know I like I like us being like unmedicated and just like showing like our true selves and like not having the anxiety of like the medication kind of like bring down our personality and give exactly anxiety yeah exactly that's why for a while I wanted to try stopping it because you know I feel like another thing is like let's just say I just naturally like on if I was unmedicated if you tell me a joke I'll easily laugh but like I just remember like on medication what I feel like is like you would tell me the funniest joke and I want to laugh but I physically cannot I just feel like someone's like same here someone's like like, pushing me down yeah Lisa when you FaceTime me and I'm like and I've took my meds like I'm just like not as like fun and reactive to you exactly. like you tell me the funniest thing and I'll be like oh that's that's awesome but like you know I'm not like laughing with you laughing my yeah. ass off like you know like even my replies are like not as like like nice lit. yeah I don't know not not nice but like not as lit because like typically yeah. you and I will be like L-M-F-A-O-O-O-O yeah. in cat box <laughs> yeah. but if I'm on yeah. like Ritalin I'll be like Haha, LOL. cool. Like, oh, yeah, well, exactly. case. Like, oh. Yeah, because, but I hate that about myself. Like, I want to be, know. like, fully me all the time. But it's just, like, we can't have both when we need to get work done. Exactly. Like, thing. 
Exactly. It's it's really like picking it's like focus evils. mode. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I know that's like I think it just it doesn't make me a happy person, and that's why I don't like to take it because and it makes me a less fun person. And I just feel like every emotion I want to feel it it's like stunted. Like imagine you're trying to like go through a door and people just keep pushing back on you. Like that's Aww. that's what it literally feels like. So, yeah. but I find that like if you're if I if I don't take it and this is my personal experience like I find that I'm not like up to my full potential like with working like I'm not productive I'm not getting shit done and so like I feel that I'm stunting my growth there like I'm not as like productive at work and like answering as many emails and getting as many things done off my list so it's like a fine balance like trying to have your personality and also like trying to be productive during like the work day, which I, I think now we can, well, I find from my personal experience, I can balance after taking like Ritalin and having it end at an appropriate time. And then like my personality is like back, baby, yeah, for like yeah, the yeah. nights and weekends. Yeah. I think for me, like I think my resolve is this, like, because here's my negative side effect when I don't take my medication is that mm-hmm. I actually if I don't take it for a long period of time and the drug genuinely leaves my body a hundred percent, I ended up my sleep, my terrible sleep comes back. So like, okay. So in Europe, it was actually very easy for me not to take it just because during the day you're actually exhausted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like when you are constantly like forced to walk, even at your tiredest, like you're walking Mm -hmm. and you're in the sun, whatever, by the time at night you sleep so Mm -hmm. well because you've done, you physically exhausted yourself. But like here in like Toronto, Canada or whatever it is, you know, if I'm not constantly like physically active, Mm -hmm. I genuinely have to rely on the medication in order for, me to be able to like have my usual sleep back and uh, I see for my job you know I try to take it when it's like heavy admin days but if it's going to mm-hmm. be a creative day where I'm filming yeah. or if I'm gonna because your to- job is also very different from like mine and a lot of other you know people that work like corporate um, yeah. corporate yeah exactly exactly yeah so you kind of need your creative juices flowing in the in the sense that you actually like creating like fun like tiktok videos or like exactly. making like fashion like pieces and putting that together exactly i cannot physically film a tiktok youtube or a podcast episode I'm if i was on medication yeah. literally cannot <laughs> because i will literally stare at the screen and have no expression on my face Oh, yeah, same, same. Like, if I were to do it on Ritalin, like, I would become, like, serious Teresa. Like, it would be, like, so serious. I would not, I would not, like, laugh and, like, have as much fun. And that's, that's so sad. Exactly. And I think, like, okay, so I was actually talking to my friend about this the other day because she went to get diagnosed. And this is my personal opinion about whether or not you should get diagnosed or if it's worth it. And the reason why I say it's if it's worth it is because getting diagnosed is not actually like an easy process. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know about you. It's hard nowadays. Like, I recently, my sister tried to get diagnosed and I think she did, but the wait list in BC, like for her to get like seen by someone to diagnose her was many, many months, maybe like three to six months. Yeah. And even if you can get an appointment, I remember my process alone was about like four months and it wasn't, it was also not like, I'm sure every person's experience is going to be different. And maybe Mm -hmm. this is just pertaining to my own, but Mm -hmm. it was actually kind of like a excruciating process because you have to see this person and she's not even Mm -hmm. a therapist. She's just literally interviewing you consistently for like, if you actually have it. it. Yeah. And I don't know about you. Your lifestyle and you have to do some questionnaires. Like that's how I got mine. I don't know if it's the same with you. Well, I, I had all of that, but they even yeah. interviewed friends and family for really? me. Okay, yeah. I didn't have the friends and family interview. I don't know if the law is either just different between Ontario and BC or yeah. if like just my school clinic had different policies. But I'm not sure. But I did have to bring my old report cards and to show them how I was like a child. Like, okay, like, yes. I showed all my straight C's, what the comments were from the teachers. Like, Teresa's very distracted. Like, she distracts everyone in class. Like, she's a very bright girl, but like, you know, she's just not absorbing things sometimes. And so with that, that was like ev- enough evidence where maybe they didn't have to interview my family. But yeah, like they, yeah. they had to, well, so I was in Toronto, so my family wasn't there, but they had to interview mm-hmm. a friend. And thankfully yeah. I had a friend that, you know, had known me since grade five and she had to like mm-hmm. basically testify 
verify that all the stories I had told them were true. Yeah. That's and so interesting that you yeah. interviewed a friend. That's so cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, so like, quite it's process. not an easy process. And mm-hmm. so anyway, back to what I was saying about whether or not this is worth it is because, okay, A, if you genuinely think you already have ADHD and you don't need a doctor to prove it and that awareness mm-hmm. alone is enough for you, then sure. Like I, I feel like maybe you don't need to get, you know, formally diagnosed. If you have already been living your life, things are great. And like, yeah, you just like if you know. haven't really struggled so much till now, like, like if you had already gone through school and everything, like, I think like you should be fine unless you're day to day in your actual job you're really struggling with like focusing and it's not like related to like liking your job or not exactly and then so really the only point that is actually that would make this entire process worth it is because a like if you're a student and you need extra time on tests you don't want to take a test in front of like all Mm -hmm. your peers because you need the quietness like you don't want people Mm -hmm. like getting up all the time whatever like that or like you genuinely need medication because mm-hmm. you obviously need the diagnosis in yeah. order to like buy to the focus, medication like, to drive. You need to exactly. focus like, to pay attention at work. Like you're losing focus when you're like, like, like presently helping people at work. And which exactly. Is, like why but if you'll you need it. Exactly. But if you have absolutely no intention of changing the way you live right now, Mm -hmm. then it's genuinely not worth it. Because I even know, for example, my hairdresser, she, she knows she has ADHD. She's never got diagnosed, but she's like, well, I, I like, I'm a hairdresser. Like she's like, I work in such a fast paced environment. I need my ADHD and it makes me creative. And she like, loves it. Like she doesn't need to change her life. And therefore she's like, I'm not going to seek a proper diagnosis. And she's like, but I know I have it. You don't need it. You don't need it. Exactly. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think like I see some people, some of my own friends that like may have ADHD, but like they're living fine as is. And maybe like it's not to the extent where they where it's like affected their lives heavily. Whereas I think you and I, Lisa, we have like kind of heavy, heavier ADHD. Oh, we have really severe. Definitely like, (laughs) yeah, where we really benefited from the diagnosis and all the benefits that came from the medication, even though it came with also downsides, like side effects. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So how would you say you feel about your ADHD today? And like, what are your thoughts on it? And like- It turned around. Like, so when I first diagnosed, I mentioned I felt like, really I never shared it with a lot of people I shared it with like my close best friends that's it I didn't even tell my boyfriend until like many months in maybe like a year in into my diagnosis but what turned around was like I think a year after my diagnosis when I finally told my boyfriend at the time about it he was so kind and so supportive and he was like oh it's not a big deal at all I know that it's very common and you should you should be more open about it. And so I think with how he reacted and also with me opening up and telling more people about it and actually finding out that they have it too and finding more ADHD friends in this community, it made me just like more open to telling like others. And now like, I think maybe after a year or like a year and a bit of like fully being diagnosed, I was just telling everyone I have ADHD. And so now, like, you and I were recording your podcast, telling many yeah. people, hundreds of people, like, maybe thousands, about our ADHD diagnosis, and I have no shame at all. I think the more we tell, the more people will have their lives change. Like, I, like, back then, I would get my diagnosis, and my, I have, my siblings would be like, oh, like, what is that? But they would be, like, too shy and too scared to get checked themselves but like after like telling them more about it educating them and having them get checked it it turned their lives around because they were like struggling in school struggling and focusing Mm -hmm. and now they're doing so so well because they got their diagnosis because it runs in our family I think we got it from our dad yeah fair yeah I it really doesn't bother me and my friends and family are fully supportive and it like changed my life for the better and I just I'm so happy to speak about it. Yeah, that's so good. Mm -hmm. How do you feel now about your ADHD? Yeah, I think I also feel the same. I feel like now, I feel like you kind of also just opened up this memory because... We like normalized it like with each other, you and I. Yeah, because I think today... Yeah, Mm -hmm. like, today, I will literally be like, I have ADHD. Like, no, I actually have ADHD. Like, I I don't have any shame. And I'm like, yeah, I have mild anxiety as well. Like, I don't care. Yeah, it's a big deal. But it's like normal. 
Yeah. It's normal now. But I do remember a time when I remember I had, it was second or third year and I had another boyfriend and like even my last boyfriend initially, I was a little bit like, you know, hesitant to tell him as well. And I think my first boyfriend's reaction was like acceptance. It was more like, he was just like, okay, like, thanks for telling me, like, don't have to be ashamed of it. Like at same with, same with you. Yeah. I think my, my last boyfriend, he actually had a very, very good reaction. He was mm-hmm. like, Oh my God. Like, that's why you're so like, he's like, that's everything I love about you. Like, he's wow. like, he's like, this is what makes you so fun. And he's yeah. like, this is why you're so funny. Like, cause he, he found it like super entertaining. Like if, yeah. we're, if we're doing something and then I'm suddenly like, Oh my God. Like, what is that? Or like, you know, Mm -hmm. when we're like walking around and I'm getting just like seeing all this, you know, stuff around Mm -hmm. me and getting distracted Mm -hmm. immediately, like my eyes get drawn. Like he thought it was like super cute or whatever. So I think there's like, you know, obviously there's one that people Mm -hmm. like accept Mm -hmm. it. And then, then there's people who like embrace it. And I think like at the end of the day, we need to be with people who like embrace yeah, our ADHD. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or like don't show any negative stigmas at all to like mental exactly. health in general, because like that's exactly. how we were able to like progress to being like so hidden and so shy about it to like who we are, are now, because like exactly. we're around people who like fully embrace us and like love us like, yeah. all in all. Yeah. And in fact, if anything, I am very thankful for my ADHD because if you actually read up on articles about like the benefits of ADHD, people with ADHD are a lot more creative. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they are a lot more. I actually pulled up like highly successful people with ADHD and like Richard Branson, founder of Virgin Airlines has (gasps) ADHD. Like I used to, uh, I used to be a Virgin mobile Michael Phelps has ADHD. Like, all these, like, extremely successful people have ADHD, and I think it's what makes them unique, and it makes them them, and makes them so successful, because they're able to do, they're able to be so creative, and, like, handle so many things at once, and, like, come up with so many creative Creative and wonderful ideas at once. Like, oh my God, do you remember um, Ryan Higa, like Niga Higa? Did yes, you I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He literally used to have a segment called Off the Pill. And that was literally like where he would rant when he's like what? not taking his ADHD medication. That and it, he, it used to be my favorite segment. It was so funny. Like, oh so funny. Oh my God. And Yo, you're that's like, like our energy. That's yeah. our shit right there. Yeah. And then you're just like, you're kind of like, oh my God, like the stuff that he says, you're like, how does he come up with it? It's just so out of the blue. Yeah. Oh and my it's God. just so That's funny. So but And also, I would like to mention, in a previous episode, we did say people with ADHD have a lot more lit sex. I <laughs> think so. This? I think we're, because we're so hyperactive, we're fun, like high yeah. energy. Like I think because ADHD is literally like hyperactive disorder. So like, I don't think there's anything wrong with being hyperactive. It's just the little things that like we can't focus on. But like, that's the only thing that's inhibiting us. Exactly. (laughs) Overall, we're amazing people. So people out there with ADHD, you're amazing. We're a part of you. We're in the same community and we love you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so with that being said, we really hope you guys enjoyed <laughs> the super highly requested so episode, which was, yeah, yeah, which was which our ADHD, journey. our journey, exactly. our diagnosis and how we feel about it. And we hope that this was so helpful for you and helped you with understanding ADHD more and removing the stigma towards mental health and ADHD. And if you think you may have ADHD and may need to get diagnosed, it's, yeah, it's, it's never too late and always a good time to find out more and learn about it and do some questionnaires to see if you actually exhibit those symptoms. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, that concludes our episode for today. And we will talk to you guys next Monday. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you next Monday. Bye, guys. Bye.